0: I'm Johnny Lieberman, and you're watching LMP. What does LMP stand for? Late Night Place. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've been on there. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> you should like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> did I do it? Do I have everything? I think so. We did it. This is good. This is exciting. I'm happy that we're doing it the old way where we can just start right here at the desk. Um, we'll see how my levels are. They look a little hot right now. Bring that now. A little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome back. It is uh, Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Oh, please tell me my thing's working. Thank goodness gracious. The night would not be the night for that. Uh, we've got a good one for you. We have got a good one. I'm very excited, first of all, that you're here because I wasn't sure you were going to, so great job. We're going through a lot these days. Uh, The haircut looks great. I need to clean it up because I really didn't do a great job in the dark over there the other day. Um, But I love it short. How do you feel? I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Uh, This evening, we are going to be talking about youth in Porsche. We already have our friend Joey sitting here with us. We're going to be talking to him in a second. Also in the green room getting ready is Francis from Tinker Engineering. tinker Engineering. I always say that wrong. tinker (laughs) Engineering. And um, we got uh, racing covered over here, we've got restoration covered over there, and I wanna see what the next generation plans for us old guys. Uh, And that's what we're doing this evening. Um, We're also gonna be talking about, um, after these guys leave, stay tuned, we're gonna be talking about um, Sweet Sour. We were up on Angeles Crest again the other day, which is just the best news in the world, except that we were there for the memorial of our friends dying on Angeles Crest, which was the bummer. Uh, but we'll tell you all about that, as well as the condition of Angelus Crest currently, and what we think uh, might be a possible opening date. <laughs> in fact, we should probably start taking bets. <laughs> Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. We'll see if there's coming through here. Otherwise, I'll check them on the, the thing. Uh, also, also, uh, this is exciting. Joey, I'll get to you in one second, buddy. This is this is the last thing I'm going to mention. Uh, we have an official viewer mailbox. That's right. Viewer mail, lnpviewermail at gmail.com. Please send uh, questions, uh, comments, uh, complaints, whatever you've got. Uh, We would love to make this show better and more palatable for you at home. So uh, if there's anything that we can do that you feel a simple message to us, we'd be able to pick up on and deliver a better product uh, we plan to. So that's what's going on, right? I think so. Good news! We're sitting here with my buddy Joey, who I haven't seen in a long, long time. Because you've been busy doing
1: other stuff. I've been all over the place. Welcome back, pal. Oh, thank you for having me. It feels like a second home.
0: <laughs> we, I would love to tell people about that because I want to tell your story from the beginning, but I also want to establish that you have interned here on this very show.
1: I have. A couple of years, years
0: ago. ago. So two years ago? Two years ago. You're like a full-blown man now. It doesn't even uh, compute.
2: He's taller now. I was seeing it in the midday him.
0: Do you, are you sick of people saying, "When are you going to stop growing?" I thought you stopped growing. I
1: get that all the time. How tall are you now? Uh, I think five ten and a half. Apparently, six foot. My mom's like, "Oh, you're taller." Everyone's like, "Oh, you're taller." So I don't know.
0: Seems like about six two to me.
1: What's funny is <laughs> in 2020 I did an interview with Patrick Long, mm-hmm. and at the time I was like five foot two, and then when I saw him last year I was five foot ten. He didn't even recognize me. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious! It was so funny. He's like, that's "Oh wow, hilarious. you grew a whole foot." And I was like, "Yeah, I did."
0: In, in in two years, not in one year.
1: In Two years, yeah. Oh gosh,
0: when I I mean, not make it all about me, but when I was fourteen. I grew nine inches in a year, and I can't remember a time where my body hurt more. Did you Did you have any growing pains?
1: No, I got lucky. Oh well, good for you. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's going on with you, man? How have you been? I wanna tell everybody uh, your whole story with like how you started with racing from Sims to karts to actual cars, if you don't mind. And then I wanted to get into all the things you have planned coming up. Absolutely. Take it away.
1: All right, uh, well, let's start with where we're at today. So currently now racing Spec Miata with NASA Southern California, not the, uh, the space agency, but the National Auto Sport Association. <laughs> They're a group similar to like SCC or Porsche owner's club, but for sports cars here in Southern California. So I just made the jump from karting to cars uh, this year after racing karts for the last four years. And my rookie season has been pretty darn good. I'm a perfectionist, so I'm not very happy with it. <laughs> but my race engineer, my team boss, they're all happy. <laughs> my parents are happy. So that's the good part. Everyone around me's happy.
2: I would love hearing the real deal because your dad did not tell anything anything.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so it's been it's been a good year. We've had this weird summer break where our last race is in June. Our next race is in October. Mm. So I had like almost three months not in the car. But a couple of days ago on Sunday, I got back in the car again, and it was uh, so good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would
0: imagine so. Did you? Uh, comedians talk about not being on the stage if they're not there a couple times a week. They it starts going away. Did you experience any of that at all?
1: I didn't really go away to be honest. I mean. I would say pretty much once I was exiting of the pit lane, I felt back to speed already. Um, so I wouldn't say it really felt like it was going away, It's just more I missed it so much. You know? mm. Every day I wake up and just, it's what I'm thinking about. Every gear shift, you know, every corner, every apex, every breaking point, every overtake, it's just like, I wanna do it more and more and more, but we don't get to in cars as much compared to karting where it's pretty much unlimited testing all year. Oh, that's interesting.
0: I didn't really think of it that way. So what are you doing then in the off time? To, to um, try to stay fresh uh, sims?
1: Yeah, simulators a lot. Uh, that's kind of the driving portion. And then been training a lot, doing a lot of running, uh, getting stronger, you know. Got to be a strong driver, of yes. course. No power steering in Spec Miata, which is a ton of fun.
0: It's a weird thing to compliment, so. but I, I did want to say, like, you look like you're in shape. You look like you're doing something.
1: Yeah, I am doing something. Um, your dad <laughs> said you get
0: up early and run, too. I right? do
1: get up early and run, get up late and run. Uh, last night at 10 o'clock, I was out running. Really, which is very nice. During the hurricane, I was out running uh, in the in the rain, which was a ton of fun. And then I ran into Sarcasm? a tree. We're serious. No, serious. I have it on I video too. No, I hate wine. Boy. Sorry?
0: Bill Maher hates wine. <laughs> uh, all I did was open YouTube. Everybody, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to your comments.
1: Bill Maher hates wine. Go ahead. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> More you know, you know. Bring that up in the dinner conversation. <laughs> Might do that tonight, actually. But yeah, no. So I've been doing a lot, a lot of running, uh, and getting that kind of. I don't. My friends and I have all been obsessed with David Goggins, the Navy SEAL, and we've all been like, you know what, let's go running, and I'm not a runner, I've never been running my whole life, Uh, so that just started this summer, it's a challenge, I have asthma, I have every excuse that I should have to be bad at it, yet I still do it, and I enjoy it.
2: How far do you go?
1: Uh, I'm doing shorter runs, just like two to four miles, but I live on a super steep hill, so I get a bunch of elevation change, which is always a good challenge. And then going in the middle. Usually I try to go in the middle of the day when it's the hottest. It's hot. Yeah. So, when you know, oh. the 95 degree days, the asphalt nope. heat, <laughs> perfect training.
2: It's and hard so, to breathe. It, it is. It sucks.
1: Yeah. What's funny is last night we had our first cool night and I'm out running. I'm like, wow, I either got so much stronger or the weather's so much better.
0: Do you feel it in your lungs and stuff? You can feel more power?
1: Absolutely. Wow. And especially because I have asthma, like it really makes a difference. Yeah. But as I've gotten stronger, it's kind of making less and less of a difference, which is good. more prepared for multiple situations which i enjoy and obviously in racing we don't get to choose the weather so you just got to be prepared
0: there is that listen to you mr go with the flow (laughs) did you learn that or did you always have it
1: i think i always had that Hmm. i always enjoyed talking always been in the flow but then when i'm in the car i don't talk at all
0: do you have anybody in your ear do you have a a crew chief in your ear i do
1: yeah so i have my race engineer in my ear uh which is usually his name. His name is James, and he's always on the radio with me. Uh, But sometimes, because he race engineers for two drivers, uh, sometimes it'll be my dad. So whenever my dad's on the radio, often I tell him, like, I don't want to talk at all. Mm. And then (laughs) my my race engineer, James, has always given me way too much information, (laughs) which is good to be informed. But sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. And then he's like, oh, are you there? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. But...
0: (laughs) Ah, you're just in the zone.
1: Exactly. When I'm sitting here, I can talk all I want. And then when I'm in the car, I never say a word. Even when I'm driving a road car, I don't talk to anyone. I don't listen to the radio. It's just silence. Well, it's we're with
0: you on that when we took the radio out of our car. Do you still have a radio in the Boxster?
1: I do. I've never used it. <laughs> but what about like when
0: you're in the car with your mom or whatever? Is she listening to it or you guys always have it off?
1: We always fight because she <laughs> likes to listen to it. Every Sunday we go driving. She's like, oh, breakfast with the Beatles. And I'm like, Off. <laughs> oh, that's
0: hilarious! That's so fun.
2: People ask me all the time if I can listen to my music. I'm like, my music is silent.
0: Yeah, well, but would you, would it be that way by choice or because we have no radio in the car?
2: I think now by choice, for sure.
0: Yeah, too much stimulation.
2: I would have distracted myself on the previously announced just required to enjoy that part.
0: Yeah, I think about being on the road, we, you know, we have a Bluetooth speaker. So it's not like we're without the possibility of music. But when we were on the road, we really didn't use it that often. 31 days on the road, we used it two or three of those days, four or five of those days. <laughs> Less than 10.
2: Texas probably. Yeah, the boring the boring ones, <laughs> of course,
0: yeah. It took us a whole day. Um, have you ever driven across country? I have not. Are you, would you ever? I would
1: love to. Yeah? Absolutely.
0: Is it on the list someday or? It's
1: one of those things I've like thought about once and then put it in the back of my head. So to be honest, I haven't really thought of it at all.
0: Yeah. You're thinking more about the racing circuit across the country.
1: Yeah. You know, I can drive to many tracks, so I could make that into a road trip. So that's definitely a possibility
0: feel like your parents are of the age, well, your dad was driving a, across country the same time we were yeah, on the right, bike, actually, but I feel like your parents are of the generation where road tripping was really big. Oh, it was huge. Yeah? You hear stories from when they were younger?
1: Yeah, so my grandmother, uh, she's from New York, and when she moved to California, she road tripped across the country with my mm-hmm. grandfather. And so I heard their whole story of how they went and they stayed at all the cheap hotels. My grandma wasn't happy. <laughs> And then one time they were in Kansas and they woke up and there were sheep surrounding the car. And then they went to Arizona and they visited the giant meteor crater.
0: Oh, yeah, we passed that.
1: Yeah. She said it was not very interesting.
0: No, we didn't stop. Yeah. Just you didn't a miss a hole in the ground, right? Exactly. <laughs> <just, laughs> kind of what,
1: what else could it be? Uh,
0: this is off topic, but have you seen that new movie? Uh, it's not Meteor City. It's some other city. Shit, this doesn't help at all. It's the new... Uh, no, forget it. doesn't matter. <laughs> I want to know if it's good or not. <laughs> you have any idea i the time at Asteroid City? It's called Asteroid City.
1: I have not seen it.
0: You have any? You don't... You're not
1: into TV and movies. You're thinking about raising all the time. I did go see a couple movies this summer, which was rare for me. Two, two movies in the summer. That was, that was a high score.
0: So. Was it because of a date or something? Or did you want to go see the movies?
1: No, I wanted to go see the movies. Okay, what um, were they? So the first one I saw in June was Sound of Freedom. Um, that definitely was an intense movie, but really well done picture. And then I saw Oppenheimer, another oh. really cinematic movie, but three hours long, and it's not a movie you want to watch if you're tired. Well, <laughs> neither was Sound of Fr- The two movies I chose were, like, the most ah. intense movies of the summer, probably in the last decade, but they were both very good. So. I
0: cannot wait to see Oppenheimer. I, I, I haven't uh, seen even the trailer for it. Oh, I, I guess we watched the trailer. I made you watch the trailer. I can't wait. Was it good?
1: Goes out with a bang.
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um... <gasps> All right, so can we start with uh, just real quick a synopsis on how you got into racing, why the hell you started, and then what your trajectory has been to get you to actual car racing?
1: Yeah, so some days when I think about it, it's kind of a fluke, and then other days it's destined to happen. So it really starts all the way back before my time, uh, before I was born. My mom bought a 1999 Porsche Boxster in 2000 as the second owner of the car. She took it to Willow Springs in 2001 to learn how to drive it properly. Never went to the track again, just enjoyed it as a road car. And then when i was born we my parents decided to keep the car they'd take me for rides in it i enjoyed it but that was kind of all my involvement of in cars ever was and then when i was about 10 years old there was a kid at my school named derek who i'm still close friends with to, to this day and he'd always bring car magazines to school and i'd see mm. all these cars i'm like this is the coolest thing in the world mm. he's like well actually my family collects cars and we restore cars <laughs> and so i got to go see the cars he works on which are old 1950s cadillacs Ooh, cool and i was like this is amazing and then he's like, oh, you gotta watch this TV show, Top Gear. I was like, okay. Good news. Exactly. <laughs> Got hooked on that show. Yeah. <laughs> watched all 20 seasons of it. The original one, of course. Totally. Then the grand tour, when that came out, we watched that together. And then from watching that, I was like, I wanna go driving. But obviously I was 11 years old at the time, so I could not go driving legally. So I was Googling, you know, where can kids drive? And I found indoor karting.
0: Mm.
1: And from there I was like, let's go check this out. Went there with my dad fell in love with it instantly from lap one and every weekend we just kept going back and that's how I got into karting.
0: Were they the electric carts or were they the gas powered? They were the electric carts. carts. So K, like a K one type of yeah, place? Yeah like a K one
1: type of place. Those carts
0: are awesome. They are when they're juiced up right, they have all the torque in the world. They're so cool.
1: And especially you know eleven year old me who's very small, you know, that's your first vehicle you're ever driving and I'm like, this is this is fast. It was an Indy
0: car to you, right?
1: Oh pretty much, yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> it was like, oh whoa, I'm doing the pedals, I'm doing the steering, I'm in control it was unbelievable. So every weekend, we just kept going back to that. Wow.
0: Do you miss that? Because, I mean, I've heard from Formula One drivers, the closest thing to Formula One driving is karting.
1: Yeah. I, I, now that I'm in cars, I, I understand that perspective. And I do miss karting a bit because mm-hmm. the racing is just unbelievable. Right. You know, when you can go five wide in the corners, you know, <laughs> that's, you, that's fun.
0: When you can touch the guy you're passing, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you can
0: reach out and grab him. <laughs> oh, pretty much. Yeah. You had a couple close calls, too, in karting, didn't
1: you? Oh, quite a few. <laughs> Quite a few
0: some some of those videos. I just remember, you know, Joe's doing whatever he's doing and then all of a sudden A cart will come flying over the top of him
1: <laughs> Yeah, I had the cart go flying on top of me. Luckily, I didn't get hurt from that one I didn't get hurt at all in karting. I was very lucky. Uh, I had a big crash during 2021 for qualifying for a 12-hour race That one was embarrassing.
0: What happened? I don't remember
1: So it was a cold track and I was trying to find a bit more lap time wasn't very grippy and it just understeered into a wall cart spins around, I got t bone three times.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. By three different people? Three different <laughs> people. Holy crap. Just Holy boom, crap. Boom, boom, <laughs>
1: boom. Wow. Yeah, then I was back out on track 10 minutes later.
0: I was just gonna say, people don't understand this is all part of racing. Exactly. I mean, there are incidents, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, and the, the thing is you don't think about it. You know, when you're, I find like for me, when I live my life, I'm never in the moment. I'm never present. I'm always thinking about something else, something next when I'm racing, that's the one time I'm truly present. Hmm. So I don't have those intrusive thoughts of, oh, what if I crash? Oh, what if this goes wrong?
0: Because you're staying right here.
1: Exactly. I'm just focusing on the drive ahead of me. So I actually relax during it.
0: Is that a lesson for the rest of life? I mean, does that help you? Would that help you in other places, not just racing?
1: Maybe. I haven't thought about it. Sometimes when I drive road cars, I can get present for a few moments. But to be honest, it's like there's no other feeling that really comes close to it. Yeah. where it's 100% of your focus. Even if it's 99% of your focus is on this, it's like there's 1% somewhere else.
0: Right, you're yeah. truly meditating when you're in the car. Yeah. Hmm, do you ever lose yourself? Do you ever just totally get lost in it and go, wow, how did I, you know, you set a new record, how the hell did I do that?
1: <laughs> yes, actually, all the time. Really? Sometimes your best laps, you're not even like awake. You're in the zone. You're just driving, it's like, what's happening? I remember, you know, on, even on Sunday, my last session of the day, I'm just driving around, driving around, And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wow, I just did my best lap time of the day, and that didn't even feel that good. (laughs) Wow. So.
0: Well, that's got to be very satisfying.
1: Well, it is and it isn't, because it feels like you're not trying, and then you you do better. Because
0: your perfectionism feels like you're not trying. Yeah. You see it, right? Uh I mean, this has got to be like a lot of the high-level clients you used to, that drive that they have. Yeah.
2: No one could figure out when they were upset about a talk show appearance. They were angry the whole night, like really angry.
0: Because it's gotta go right. Everything's gotta yeah, go right.
2: And they knew exactly when it went a different direction. And they <laughs> when passed. they veered off
0: course. Yeah, it's funny. To them, the, the talk show appearance, the live, call it Leno or whatever the heck, Letterman, that was like the race. You know, they're preparing for the race. They're set up. They rehearse for the race.
1: Absolutely. And I think between, like, you know, being on Cameron and Racing, it's like we're always being control freaks. And it's like if one thing's out of control, it's like, oh, no. And even, even if everything goes fine. Yeah. It's like, but what if that was better?
0: Well, that's something you have in content. in. in- common with our our next guest as well you guys are both content creators how does that play in and we'll ask her the same question but how does that play in for you
1: I think for me it's just an obsession with doing better and just
0: at some point does that become unhealthy I mean it's good to have that drive but you know you you also got to hey Joey you did a good job too
1: well yeah I think naturally you have a balance you look back at your achievements and you think okay I did pretty good but you don't want to just keep looking behind you got to keep climbing the mountain yes and obviously the mountain never ends so, that's the dissatisfying part.
0: I would say it's great that you know that so early. I think uh, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that or understand it or they weren't taught.
1: I was going to say,
0: get up every day.
2: he's matured, not going to college, I think.
0: Yeah, you're getting a way better education by taking a yeah. leap, a gap year or whatever. Yeah. Let's it a leap year. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah being a perfectionist
0: oh yeah yeah see <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly I mean,
0: how, how does that work when you're shaving tenths of a second off a lap and you uh it's very easy to beat up on yourself going oh it's not enough it's not good enough it's not what i wanted i didn't meet my goal for the day
1: oh well, i mean now it's hundreds and thousands of a second <laughs> tenths is more same question <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean to be honest you have to look at it from the perspective of what is genuinely possible at this exact moment, not what is possible. And that's something I've been really struggling with this year because, like, my teammate has four years of experience on me. And, you know, if I'm half a second off him, it doesn't mean I'm losing three tenths at this corner and two tenths at this other corner. It's I'm losing half a tenth at, you know, 20 different corners. And that's really frustrating because you think, oh, maybe I can gain three tenths in this corner and then you lose four tenths. Right. And it's really, really frustrating when the gaps are so small and you're looking at the data and it's, Just those little tiny details. It's like, how in the world do you close that gap? Right. I'd have to to...
0: shave everywhere all the time.
1: Exactly. And you have to understand it just takes time. You know, maybe I'm losing, let's say, three hundredths in a corner here. And the next weekend, I lose two hundredths. I made an improvement, but in the overall picture, it doesn't seem like much.
0: But that's where it is, right? Exactly. I remember when you had, uh, we had Sean Avery here. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about once you're an athlete at that level, like everybody can run the six minute mile or whatever the heck. Everybody can do however many push-ups, how many. whatever. So to stand out when everybody is excellent is very, very difficult. And it's got to be the same thing for racing. Maybe more so even because the, uh, the, 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 um, you know, there's so few people in each race. If you're
2: talking that short of time, like thousands of seconds, people stop playing before they're there so you're already in a league group that's awesome
0: but hard
1: yeah so a few people make it to that point yeah day. exactly and the thing is as you work your way up the ladder the gap just gets smaller and smaller and smaller it <laughs> gets <Yeah>. more frustrating <laughs>
0: and the cars get faster and faster and faster exactly tracks get longer and longer
1: tracks actually mostly stay the same really <laughs> yeah where, where are you racing now? So Southern California, NASA. We race uh, Willow Springs, Button Willow, Chuckwalla. We used to have Auto Club Speedway, but that closed. And then, yeah, those are our only circuits. Is it still there, or do they tear it down
0: yet? Last I heard, they were going to like tear part of it down or whatever, but I haven't seen that
1: happen. No one really knows, to be honest. I we don't... went to the
0: last RAS NASCAR race there three years in a row.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually worked the last NASCAR race there. So I had pit lane access, which is really cool. Cool. But, yeah, it was weird. Like, the rumors were like, oh, they're tearing it down, but they're not going to say when, and they're going to build this track, but then they changed owners, and it's like, who knows?
0: Okay. So it's theoretically still there right now.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I haven't driven by there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, we'll find out. I used to love that place. It was very cool to see an event there. It was so cool. And it's in Ford versus Ferrari, too, isn't it? Daytona? For it is, Ferrari. yeah.
1: That's where they filmed the Daytona scenes. Yeah. That was a... Uh... Did you like that movie? we probably talked about that. I love that before. movie.
0: Agree. That was a proper good movie. We just watched it again the other day for the um, fifth time or something like that. Fucking solid. Solid. Yeah. Still so good.
1: What I always like about that movie as well is, like, even throughout the non-racing scenes, you just feel like you're in that old-school racing paddock environment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, on a race week, I'll just listen to the soundtrack on that movie to just get me in the zone.
0: Mm. And it's like, oh, here we that. go.
1: I'm about to have a good time. I love
0: that. Um, they changed Willow so little for I mean, it almost... Other than how they used Willow, they didn't change it physically very much.
1: The track's pretty much the exact same. The only difference is the paddock got built up. The actual track itself is the exact same. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they kept using it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they kept both the pit lane and the, the racetrack. They were using it all over the place. It's hilarious. Uh, and then did you know that uh, PECLA is also in it? It was the I test track. I did not track. know that. Uh, when they are up in Michigan at the company test track, that's PECLA. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I know. I found that out, too, from GI Gen.
1: That's so interesting. And I think the LAX scenes, that looked like I was on Terrier Airport. Oh, that makes sense. Because I saw the mountain in the background. I'm like, that's not LAX.
0: No, but they had to do something because you could see the old uh, the, the theme building, right? Right. And it's not covered by parking garages and terminals and all that other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I could go on and on. <laughs> Don't get me started about movies, too. The same guy just did Indiana Jones, and we actually enjoyed that. I didn't think we were going to.
2: The same guy did
0: that? Uh, yeah, the same director, yeah. James Mangold.
1: I have no idea.
2: He's a pretty high-end guy.
0: Okay, did great work. Um, I would love to bring Francis in, so we could have both of you here for a little bit. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. Francis, you want to come on in? Sure. <laughs> I know, there's no popping circumstance to it. <laughs> Let's do that. You've got this mic over here. You can hear you. You can put that wherever you're comfortable. Actually. We'll even get you a drink stand for your water. Make sure you're nice and set up here. There you go.
3: I brought I brought you guys this hat and it has stickers in it too. <gasps> Thanks. Stop here. Thanks. <laughs>
0: All right, so it's Francis Pearl Farnum. Not farmen, like I've been saying previously until today. Farnum? <laughs> Farnum.
3: That's okay. It's been pronounced a lot, but it's Farnum, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, welcome. We've been trying to put this together for like a couple years. I You've know. been so, so busy. Yeah. Thanks for making it's the time,
3: crazy, especially still being in school.
0: Did you guys know each other previous to today? No,
3: no. All
0: right. So you race cars, but she literally restores cars. She's restoring a 914 right now. Oh, wow. that that's your car. Is that your yes, car?
3: I bought it with grapefruit money. So grapefruit money. <laughs> yeah. So I have a grapefruit tree at my house and we're like building, we're, we have this garden in this co-op that we sold the grapefruit through long story short i was able to buy the 914 through that so
0: wow to get the yeah all right so give us the rundown what color is it what year is it what are you doing to it okay
3: so it's a porsche 914 um, 1976. it's scarlet red or at least that's the original color and i'm going to paint it that uh, color again in order to restore it um which is the step i'm on but um And then I'm restoring it to electric, and I'm converting it at the same time, kind of converting it. The previous owners had already kind of converted it, but it was, like, really old technology, and they had, like, the lead-acid battery. It was basically a souped-up golf cart. (laughs) And so we took all those out and resold them, and now I'm putting in, hopefully, a Hyper 9 system that has, like, 175 volts and... Uh, with the range depends, but it'll... Wow. Be, yeah.
0: So this thing's going to be quick, too, then, with an electric <laughs> yeah. motor, because it's going to weigh nothing, I bet.
3: hmm Or oh hopefully, that's the idea, because it's a really small car, too.
0: So. Wow. Holy crap. So you guys really have it all covered. How old are you?
3: Uh, I'm, I just turned 15 two days ago. Oh my gosh,
0: are you driving yet at 15? No, no. So (laughs) I don't know what it is in California. Do you get your permit at 16? 15 and a half. Yeah, and then
3: you can get your license at 16.
0: You're
1: 17 now?
3: 18. 18.
0: You are 18, okay. But you started driving before you were.
1: (laughs) Well, not on the road. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I started in carts when I was younger. Okay. And then I, okay, I guess I can say it now. I I did one time take my mom's Porsche on a turnout at Angeles Crest Highway and drive it in a circle she didn't like but she was impressed i did so that's my only pre-driver's license experience oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly well because it's manual so you didn't stall it that's great yeah that oh, was, uh, was a fun time
0: where do you guys sit you're both into porsche i mean is it are you both i don't, I don't want to say mainly because you race miata but you own a porsche that's your first car um where do you see things going in the future of we'll just keep it to porsche instead of all automobiles
3: you go first all right <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and i'm asking this
0: from a youth perspective because i have my own opinions about it but i'm curious what
1: is it more like where we see the brand going or where we're going with the brand? sure
0: even technology whatever however you want
1: i mean the porsche brand is always interesting because they're the last company that's kind of keeping innovation alive you know i look at all the other cars in the road and they're all the same Cough, cough, Mercedes, <laughs> which is a shame because I love Mercedes-Benz, but uh, I, I think with Porsche... What is it
0: specifically you're talking about?
1: Well, they have cars and manual transmissions. BMW said they're going to get rid of that yesterday. Oh, God, I do. They just announced that. Do you think Porsche's, that's going to happen? I think there's going to be a blowback on that one. It's going to happen. Gonna... You do? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Wow,
2: okay. What are they getting rid of?
1: The manual, manual transmission.
0: transmission. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate driving machine.
2: That's crap. <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly. <laughs> And then I think, you know, they said they're going to try to keep the internal combustion engine alive and work on the technology around that. I look at the suspension on the cars. I mean, all the electronic technology. I mean, the whole cars are computers, basically, mm. which a lot of the drivers don't realize. They think, oh, I'm a great driver. And it's like, no, that car is a very impressive technology behind it.
0: Awesome nannies.
1: Exactly. Which again, I think is cool because all the other companies, they're not doing that. So I think in the future for Porsche, they're the one brand to feel like I don't feel bad about their future. I think people... And even I look in the younger generation, people now like Porsches. Mm. Five years ago, everyone was into Ferrari and Lamborghinis. Oh, interesting. Now that's changing.
0: Is that because Porsche is getting more exotic, faster, more flashy? You know, I mean, you look at the GT3 RS now, it is. I mean, it used to just kind of look like another 911. Now it's a race car, it's a straight up race car. But it's not as
1: loud as it used to be. So that's from a flashiness point of view. I mean, I, I think the thing with the cars is that there's so many on the road now that people actually know what they are. Oh, okay. I think that's part of the difference. Where a few years ago, or even 10 years ago, it was like, that was just the old man's car who took it to the golf course every weekend.
0: Interesting. So brand awareness with the younger generation. Yeah.
1: I think that's the biggest difference. You're seeing the cars in movies and TV shows. You're seeing them driven by celebrities. You're seeing them around town. And people say, oh, wow, I never saw that car before. Mm -hmm. And they can see themselves driving it. And people are now obsessed with the cars. And now having friends from school who were never into cars before... And now they're just sending me, you know, videos. Oh, look at this Porsche. Look at this Porsche or wow. before it's like, I could never imagine that. That's
2: so wild to me. Me too.
0: I didn't realize that it wasn't there. I didn't realize it didn't have a presence already. Yeah. Hmm.
2: When did it turn from like an old old main car to a cool car for
1: youth? I think it was during COVID. Really? Yeah you agree that's when
3: the prices started especially for my car i don't really know about the whole brand in general but that's when they really started to skyrocket wow really
2: and that made it more desirable
3: yeah because my car is like a mix between vw and porsche and so it was originally known as like or at least what people have told me is that it was originally known as like the girl's car like the car that like nobody really wants and that it's okay to convert as opposed to like the 911 and such that because 914 and 911 it was like a Anyways, but um. the back even had the VW yeah.
0: emblem on it. Right. So it was sort of like the Porsche purist felt it was a bastardization of why would you allow Volkswagen into the Porsche world? And it's like, hey, buddy, the Porsche <laughs> world is in the Volkswagen. We're like, <laughs> you got this thing all backwards. Um, but I would say, not necessarily a girl's car from my thinking as an adult, but it was like you had to be a purist guy mm-hmm. who really knew that. The 914 could do a lot on the track. Most people made them race cars. They either got crashed or made race cars.
2: That's how I feel when I see it. many fans are driving on the freeway, the women picked up, clearly.
0: What was the backstory on your car that you got? Was it um, raced or was it beat up, crashed?
3: It was kept in an airplane hangar for like 10 years. I don't think anyone did anything with it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, like it had the. Like, we had the, like, manual that had, like, the oil changes on it. I think it had maybe had two. So, I think it was, like, a daily driver for a little bit, and then they tried to convert it or something. And then just sat. And then it just sat, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So, you got one of the ones that wasn't either one of those things. Yeah. Either thrashed or raised. Hmm. Have you ever driven a 914?
1: I have not. I just drove uh, an air-cooled 911 for the first time. Driven the boxer which is kind of the successor to the 914
0: hang on you didn't just drive an air-cooled 911 you drove michael dolphin's race car which i've driven up on the crest and that is an—it's that's one of my favorite I, I said this to you that day and i think you thought i was being facetious it's one of my favorite porsches i've ever driven in my life yeah it is set up so stinking well it's just per, you know a yellow car like oh it just fine-tuned it fine-tuned it fine-tuned yeah. it for seven years he did the same thing with that thing and it's just perfect
2: he's that guy that's awesome
1: Yeah. How was that experience? It was so fun. And what I loved about that car was like, it was a total throwback in time. It didn't feel like what I associate a Porsche with previously, that car didn't feel like. I thought Porsches were fast. They were comfortable. And they were (laughs) these cars that you could go drive long distance and take on any road. I drove that car. I was like, this is totally different. The car is very simple. It's not super comfortable. And you just get to drive it. Just you and the road. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of what people told, talk about with the Ferrari F40. And yep. I was so impressed. I was like, wow, this does exist.
0: So you take everything else out, and then you're left with just the driving
1: experience. Yeah, That's... the only feature that car had is power brakes. Yeah, I loved it.
0: I'm so happy to hear you say that. <laughs> it, it, it's not for everybody. You have, to, you have to want that go-kart type drive. But you, as a race car driver, I would imagine, you got to drive yellow car now. Yeah. TLG did such a great job on yellow car. You have to check it out. It's yeah. really, really quite impressive. Next Friday, you're up on the um, mountain. We'll we'll go out together. Let's do it. Um, see if you can drive in a circle without stalling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs>
0: um, what do you think as far as the future of Porsche? Do you think they're they're? What do you think? Where do you think um, they're going?
3: Well, okay. I'm not really like a super, like I'm not I'm not like into cars all that much. Like That's this has okay. been my first kind of introduction to it. Um, but. Like, I've been to the, um, oh, let me, hold on. Okay, I've been to the one in Vegas, their, like, dealership there, and they have, mm. like, the part, They're I think they're the one of the last um, dealerships left that still service uh, vintage Porsches. They have a,
0: cla- they're a classic restoration mm-hmm. specialist. I, it's uh, Gowden, right? Gowden yeah. in Las mm-hmm. Vegas? Yeah.
3: And it, it was really cool, and I got to see it. That place was awesome. They had, like, a restaurant in there. It was really Cool. For very food oriented me but um anyway i thought it was really cool and it just i feel like it kind of reflects how like cool the brand is i don't really have any other words to describe it's it it's perfect but like i don't yeah based on what you're I doing a great see, job Christina. it looks like it's doing good <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i think she's right it's like the brand is now embracing the older cars and now they're yes. celebrating it and people who own the older cars no longer like oh and the poor guy can't afford to know and they're like no this is my car this is my story
0: I totally agree with you there. It was about 10 years or so ago where somebody uh, asked somebody high up at Porsche. I can't remember. It was either Preminger or somebody high up at Porsche. And they go, uh, uh, well, what's the entry-level Porsche now that almost every car is $100,000? And he goes, well, we at Porsche consider the used car market to be the entry level into our brand. And I was like, what an (laughs) asshole. I didn't care for that answer at all. But then seeing how it's all worked out and laid out, I mean, obviously, he was 100% right. The, the used Porsche market is massive and there's no reason to do something else if that's filling the gap
1: yeah, for I the was, company. I was at a Haggerty event a month ago and they said the most popular car in the used car market for Porsches is the 944. Right now. Yeah, right now.
0: AutoCount said the same thing today. He's like the best bang for the buck and the most punch, 944 turbo.
1: Yeah, so the older cars are you know, being loved by everyone now, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's across
0: all... Uh, marks. I don't think that's just Porsche specific. I think people are appreciating. Maybe it's the next generation getting into them. Maybe could be. I feel like BMWs on the rise. Old Audis are on the rise. We just watch, see what comes up to breakfast. Got Mini Cooper. The Mini yeah. Coopers came back um, after only being like twenty years old.
1: Well, and I, th- I also wonder if part of it is people genuinely don't like the new cars. And that might be some of the reason of like what's driving the look at the older cars.
0: It's nostalgia for sure. Yeah. Because the experience behind the wheel isn't the same at all.
1: Yeah. It's a total time warp.
0: That's a good point. Hmm. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> Do you Did you ever start a podcast? I know you were talking about it. You have a YouTube channel, which we want to talk about. Pr- promote that while, you're, while we're at it.
1: Yeah. We're, so I have soccer. my YouTube channel, The Stiglet, uh, where I talk about cars, race cars, go on drives and Cover events, talk about car news, but I've never officially started a podcast. Um, it's an idea I've thought about, and then I've also thought I really enjoy making the visual content. Yeah. So it's an idea maybe for the future.
0: You're so knowledgeable and so well-spoken, and well, your thoughts are all <laughs> thought out. Um, your points are all thought out. Uh, I feel like you'd be good. Not that you need to add something else to your plate. Um, are you going to keep the stiglet, even though you're a full-blown man now is probably taller than the real stig
1: i mean until bbc sues me why not <laughs> no reason not to
0: i just you're not small anymore so i'm just just asking
1: i mean i'm still young yeah well you know what i'll say right i'll always be younger than ben collins
0: <laughs> oh i see all right were there there's a lot of people rumored to be uh the stig right because they changed him a few times
1: yeah so the first stig i don't even remember his name right ben collins was a th- I think the second, S- second one yeah and then Michael supposedly schumacher, schumacher for the one episode because they would only let schumacher drive the ferrari fxx is that why that was yeah he was the
0: only one approved to drive it through the factory
1: he was the only one approved so they made him the stick for that episode and then they did the whole helmet reveal <laughs> yeah which confused everyone because people when they watched the show talker they genuinely didn't know i don't think ben collins is actually in the credits
0: and they thought that schumacher was it the whole time
1: yeah that was kind of the idea and then later once i think it was like towards 2014 people started to realize once ben collins wrote his book that okay, actually, piece of stick. Wow. That's so crazy.
0: I love that you follow it all. Also, I love that you love Top Gear. Top Gear changed, I think, um, the world when it comes to automobiles. Without a doubt. It, 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 all of a sudden, people were, it was cool. It made them cool again.
2: Made it ain't accessible to people that don't know everything about a car.
0: Because exactly. it wasn't just stats, stat, stats, stats, yes. stats, stats.
1: And what was, it was cool was like they didn't just drive the most expensive cars. They just drove. They were like, oh, here's a review on this crappy Citroen. Mm-hmm. And everyone's was like, oh, wow, that's a car I can actually buy. Yeah, right.
2: they're, they're fun and relatable, so you can uh, enjoy going on the ride with them.
0: The personalities. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: But you can't know what to do with the
3: car shows.
0: <laughs> do you watch car shows at all, Francis? Not really.
3: I don't know. I never have. T- I feel like I never have time to watch anything or even do homework. So I'm like, oh. That was him that
0: when he was in school. How did you get into cars?
3: Um, I think. Well, my okay. So my dad or my mom. He likes to say my mom. It's actually him. Um, <laughs> they have a a Mustang that. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like a '65 Mustang. And Classic Mustang. He's, yeah. He's constantly working on it tinkering. And, mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, "Oh, we should do cuz I had the channel Tinker Engineering already and it was like a craft channel and he was like, "Oh, we should do something really big for Tinker Engineering." And we were like, "Oh, let's do this because I I was like I'm excited to drive and I've been wanting to drive for a long time." And we were like, "Oh, let's build your first car." And so it's been kind of like a father and daughter project for a while. And so we finally found, like, an affordable car because we were looking at 914s and 911s. The 14s are just really cool. Like, they got the pop-up <sighs> headlights. They, And the community is really awesome, too. Mm-hmm. So that's how I decided on the 914. And then here we are.
0: Is it easy to find parts for the 914?
3: Um, I actually have a mentor um, who works. So his company is 914 Rubber. And oh, so yeah. We know him. Yeah. They make the whole thing and they sell it to Porsche too so Porsche I can't remember his, his name though miles. but I remember what
0: he looks like what's um, his name
3: there's Mark and Matt they're brothers they're okay. working on it together I, yeah awesome. um, so that's I a
0: great uh, resource for you then yes. obviously
3: yeah so I've partnered with them and so I'm gonna make videos for like every grouping of part and they're gonna be able to give it to me Wow able to put them into my car. yeah oh that's a good hookup <laughs> yes
0: that's a great hookup holy cow um, there's no pomp and circumstance to any of this, so everything's totally out of order. But we have a, we have a sort like a pseudo gift for you. Okay. It's a car related gift. And it's something that we were going to give away on the big wheel, except that it's so specific because it goes for a Boxster. It goes on a Boxster. This is a Boxster accessory. Oh, no. Um, that, yeah, that's right. No, it's not. <laughs> that's right. We got you eyelashes for the headlights. They're just like go. <laughs> Um, but uh, I talked to your dad about it the other day. The backstory on this is it's a part, it's a car part. And this car part was given to us with the hopes that it would work for yellow car. Um, it was given to us from a Boxster owner though. And uh, we said, well, that's great, we'll try it. And we put it, held it in the back and it looked like it would work. When I went to install it, it didn't work. But I love the idea so much that I went and bought one that did work. So now I have this other thing that's for a Boxster and we want to give it to you. And um, it's not anything so crazy, so don't get too excited, but I'm gonna give it to you now. As long as it doesn't scare my mom, we're all good. <laughs> no! <laughs> well, it might, I don't know. Now box. keep in mind, this is the box for the new one that I got, so it's not actually that, but it's in there.
1: Okay, Shall we open it up? Sure. All right, let's see. I mean, it's,
0: uh, You know, you see it's not wrapped, it's just a car part you'll have to pull out of there. But I, I, we, the thing is, we, it gave me a great idea to get one for our car. And then I installed it and immediately felt the difference. It was such a wonderful, satisfying, oh man, I just did that. And now I can feel the oh, difference. Oh, i have a guess what
1: this is. Well, it's, it's there you go. You, you know what it is. <laughs> it takes yeah. a team. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh.
0: Aha. Rear, rear strut bar. Over the rear? Rear. I know.
1: <laughs> okay. This is actually interesting. So as I always think about driving, last time I tracked the Boxers in March and the car felt a little too stuck to the ground. And even Mm -hmm. though I have adjustable rear sway bar, I was thinking, got to take away a little rear grip. I could raise the rear ride height. This might do the trick, actually. (laughs) Might just lock it in
0: place. Um, That's exactly what happened to ours. The car rotates so stinking well now um, because it, whatever. If it works, great. If not, pass it on to the next person. That is from Bump Draft. His name is Aaron can't remember his last name but he comes up to breakfast club all the time he donated it to us we're sending it your way oh, i wish like i had a 14 part to give you i don't today but next visit we'll get something for you
2: All <laughs> well, good
0: um so good luck I, I you know take it or leave it
1: oh definitely take it and try it out <laughs> okay <Thank you>. good
2: <laughs> is that what you put in our car yeah. it's i love it
0: yeah it's all tightened up we had a couple squeaks and rattles because we've got over 100,000 miles on yellow car now and it really tightened everything
1: up. So where on the car does this go?
0: Over the rear strut towers.
1: Ah, okay. It literally
0: you could put it on yourself. You literally-
1: So it's basically just a secondary sway bar. It's exactly what it is. But, but for the, the top, chassis. Exactly. Interesting.
0: I know, it made a big difference on ours. So maybe for yours.
1: Okay, I'm so excited now. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> I got a new thought to think about this night. Yeah,
0: yeah. good, awesome. Um, and, uh, what, I want to promote all your stuff. You got the Stiglet channel. What else are you doing? You're racing.
1: We have the Stiglet.com now.
0: (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Let me get this out of your way. Yes. uh, Put this up here. Okay. Perfect.
1: Yeah. So we now have the Stiglet.com, my website. So definitely go check that out. That was a six month project. We're just supposed to be a two week project. (laughs) Just Adding more and more to it but it is pretty amazing. Awesome. That's my official site, the hub for the Stiglet.
0: So what's there?
1: So there you'll find race reports, blogs, race schedule, social media wall, bio about me, photos, videos, kind of everything.
0: So instead of asking all the questions I asked today, I could just go there. (laughs) Oh, look at you. Wow, you're hauling ass on the cart. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is great. So who built your website?
1: So it really started. I was building with my mom on Wix, and then my mom's a graphic designer. So we went to her uh, web designer. His name is TJ, and we met with him, and he basically helped us with a bunch of coding on the back end to add in certain features that this you can't do in very Wix. Very professional. We spent a long time. <laughs>
0: How many months were two months? Six months. Six months.
1: But uh, no, it's it's pretty amazing. So it's two kind weeks. of my yeah. It is.
0: I mean, you look. Like, i mean this is like a comedian like oh you click on the oh next race and it tells you how many there's a countdown 16 days 14 hours 13 minutes till your next race are you ready i'm ready <laughs> uh button willow on october 6th through the 8th wow this is the coolest i am so proud of you man oh, we you. we are so proud of you you have no idea it's so fun to watch you climb
1: this thing oh thank you so much also have a new stiglet business card <laughs> so if you meet me in person for the first time, or if you want a Stiglet business card, that's not available.
0: Make sure you shake hands and get that Stiglet business card. What's on the Stiglet business card? Let me actually pull it out. There we go.
1: <laughs> through my I'm glad you asked, here. Jay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> very excited about this project. So basically what we've changed is the actual material of the card. It's got this nice suede finish to it. But the key part is now, I don't know where the camera is, but the Stiglet.com is on the back of it. So you can go to my website, but I'll give you one as a gift. Thanks. So.
0: <laughs> yes, I see. It's very soft to the touch. You know what this feels like? It feels like a paint
1: sample. It does. And it's, I want to say it's about like <laughs> one and a half times as thick as the old one. But the key part I really like is the black part of it doesn't scratch anymore.
0: I was concerned with that because it does on everybody's cards. Right. So this so is a special material.
1: You take your fingernail to take the pencil to Ooh, it scratch.
0: Whoa. Oh, that's crazy. It's like plastic or something, but yeah. not. It still has that soft, sweetie kind of feel.
1: It's pretty amazing.
0: Well, look at you. So you've developed a new form of paper.
1: So that is Stiglet Business Card Generation 3. Subscribe
0: and follow. All right. So it's the Stiglet.video on so YouTube.
1: Well, the Stiglet.video, you type into your browser and that redirects you to my YouTube channel. Oh, so wow. Like, look at you. It's a fancy URL. I have.
0: Holy schmoly. You knew all the cool shit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm so impressed. That's so cool. And then over here with Tinker Engineering, you've got all sorts of stuff. Do you have a website as well? I know I follow your Instagram.
3: Okay, so we're working, I think I have like two websites that my, one my brother worked on and then one, um, Matt from 914 Rubber was getting his PR team to work on. Um, We're still working on it, but it's mostly, it's mostly the YouTube channel and my Instagram.
0: So that's where people should follow you is the YouTube and the Instagram. Um, Is it Tinker Engineering for both?
3: Both of them are just Tinker Engineering, yeah. So great.
0: How did you come up with the name? I mean, was it because your dad think, was tinkering with I think we the- were,
3: like, thinking one day, I don't know. I was really young. Like, I think I was in sixth grade, maybe. Um, and we were just like, oh, we should call it tinker. I mean, you know what? Maybe I was in fourth grade. I could have been in fourth grade. Because sixth grade is when I got the car. So little fourth grade me and my dad were like, oh, you know, we like to tinker around. And then also, like, a little bit. I don't know where the engineering part came in. I mean, it ended up working out when we got the car. But I don't know where that came from. But it was, like, tinker and then engineering. And we were like... Oh, what about tinker Engineering? That's such a weird name that.
0: Do you have the kind of brain where you are always figuring stuff out? Do you need to know how things work?
3: I'm always like, Oh my gosh, what is going to, what's going to happen next? And like, I, it's very helpful. Like I'm not going to understand something unless I know how it works Mm -hmm. because I can't just like look at it and be like, just like take a sentence as the facts. Like I need to know what's behind that. (sighs) Totally the why. Yes.
0: Oh God, I love that. I
2: totally get that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you two seem similar too, in that your mind is always active. Yeah. Is that a generational thing, or is that just because we're into these technical type of hobbies?
1: I think it's more we're into these hobbies. I okay. think most kids our age couldn't think about anything related to cars.
0: Hmm. Seems like a lot of kids these days have no interest in even driving. They're like, "Oh no, I have Uber, and we have Lyft, and that's what we use."
1: Sadly, yes, but frees up the road. So I don't. Know, I don't I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree, but
0: what about your friends and stuff? Do you find that among your peers?
1: I mean, I don't have a ton of friends, and they're all into cars, so yeah, that's, that's true. a bad problem to have. <laughs> the guy you talked about
0: with the Cadillacs and everything—he's the, the guy you did some YouTube stuff with. Yes,
1: we did the Spoken Wheel show from 2020 to 2022 with that. Talking done about with car news—we're not done with it, but we both have been so busy; we haven't had any time to film. Yeah, so we're trying to debate, like, because we used to do these like long-form videos, which were. Really cool. And fun uh, to watch. They were very fun. Problem is people don't like long-form videos anymore. So we might start doing short-form videos, like, minute long. Interesting. But our idea was, like, the Top Gear news segment, which made it to the Grand Tour. Then they scrapped it. We're like, we got to bring that back. Good news. Exactly. What was it? It a conversation. <laughs> Stroll down Conversation Street. Yes. Let's have a cup of chat on Conversation Street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you think of the great... Did you watch... Uh, you don't watch uh, any of these things. No. That's all right.
3: But I'm interested
0: in them now. No, that's okay. What did you think of the Grand Tour when the Top Gear guys switched over to Amazon?
1: I actually liked it more.
0: Whoa!
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, tell me why. Well, the real reason was they had no restrictions. You know, previously with the BBC, they were like, you know, we want the show to be this very specific way. And you can kind of tell every season it was not the same product, but like there was a very specific format. Format for sure. With the Grand Tour, Amazon just like, do what you want. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting to see them totally unhinged.
0: Yeah, and they threw the format away after four seasons. They were like, "We're just doing grand tours. We're not even going to do the tent, No yeah. more studio stuff."
1: It's that part I miss, but
0: I do too. But that's
1: where all the work is.
0: There's so much logistical expense in having a studio. Right. So crazy. Not everybody can just do
1: it in their dining room. <laughs> <laughs> it's expanded Dude, to the kitchen now. <laughs> where do you,
0: yeah? It really? Has. Where do you do your videos? When you do your stuff, are you in the garage on the track? You're kind of everywhere, aren't you?
1: My YouTube channel. I'm everywhere. So like I'll do the voiceovers in my bedroom, it's acoustically very good or our guest bedroom, but it's really everywhere. So do you use a good.
0: microphone or you just do right into the computer?
1: Um, Depends. Okay. Uh, I never go directly into the computer, but if I'm voiceovering now, I'll just use my phone. Surprisingly, mm. iPhones have good microphones. Yeah. Um, there's not much else to use an iPhone for, but that. Right. And then, yeah, if I'm doing the race analysis, my GoPro max is a really good directional microphone, which is shocking. Um, but yeah, that's, pretty much it. It's GoPro, iPhone, camera.
0: You're usually in the garage because we're usually working on car parts. Yeah.
3: Well, it's a plastic tent separate from my garage. Okay. But yeah. <laughs>
0: Is that where the car lives underneath yes, that's the- that's
3: completely where it lives, yeah. And then if I'm doing any video that's like not related, which I haven't done these in a while, but any video that's like not related to the car, usually they'll be in, I have there's, like this section in my garage that has this table in it and like monitors and there's like a overhead camera and, I don't know what, like, a camera that looks right at you. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've watched those. Yeah. Which is cool, though, because the overhead, then you can see what you're working, like, a yeah. cooking segment. You can kind of see what's going on on the table. Got it. Or, like, Mythbusters. I associate Mythbusters. <laughs> Are you guys old enough for Mythbusters? I mean, yeah. I don't know when that went off the air, but it seems... I
1: think in first grade, I watched one episode. <laughs> okay. That's all I remember. It's the one that tried <laughs> Square Tires.
0: They did try square tires and theoretically it worked at a certain at a certain and speed, then it, it was, and then uh, it, they disintegrated and it, rattled the thing apart yeah. <laughs> that's the best yeah. we used to know those guys and we would anytime we went up to san francisco we'd hang out with them and it was always funny because there was always a story <laughs> always a close call or at the cannonball or whatever Always. Oh, tory's telling the cannonball story i was like but but you, we were at brunch that day and i go but you weren't there he goes I lit the fuse and I thought, I was like, oh my God. I thought it was the other guys. Uh, you should check out Mythbusters. <laughs> it's a great show for our generation. Uh, I feel like that should come back because it's the stuff that they would be doing. We just need young kids to be the Mythbusters yeah. now.
2: Agreed. I feel like. There's the, a lot of stuff they'll look into.
0: I feel like the future of everything is in the the kids and i know that's a stupid thing to say as an old man i just feel like our generation got things as far as they're gonna get it and then now it's up to you guys that's how i feel (laughs) good luck (laughs) 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 what did you want to talk about today
3: um i just wanted to be here with you guys but i also wanted to be able to like share my story and you know, how I got my car and that I want to be able to inspire other mm-hmm. kids my age. Because I know I'm pretty much the only one in my grade that ever wants to leave school. Like, I, their life is at school. And I also go to an art school. So we're there from 8.30 to 5 p.m. at night. Well, tell
2: me about that. When you
0: time. said, we're usually done at 5. I'll leave early to come do the show. I thought to myself, what the heck is she talking that about? That is a
2: long
3: time. It is. And that's what I was thinking, too. And I was like, oh, should I apply to this school? Because it's conservatory. So for... Um, we're required to be there the whole day. So you have to get, like, a, a slip or a doctor's note or whatever to leave even after 3. Wow. Um, but so from 8.30 to 3-ish, we're doing normal classes. And then from 3 to 5, we have conservatory classes. So there's, there's like, dance conservatories. There's... Um, like theater, musical theater, acting, uh, I visual wanna go. arts, I want <laughs> to
1: go. Production and
3: design, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there's there's like creative writing too. Um, but I'm in one that's integrated arts, so it's like all of them put together. Wow. So yeah.
0: This sounds like an incredible opportunity to it's, to be yeah, exposed cool. to this type of thing. Yeah. I went to a liberal arts high school, and, and it was like a small version of what you're talking about. To actually be immersed in all of that stuff would have been my dream at your yeah. age. To be around other creative people who want to be there too? Yes. It's like everybody's a theater geek. No offense.
1: <laughs> I'm one, so
0: <laughs> look around. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, how did you decide to, to go that route, or was it your parents?
3: Um, well, okay, I really I really liked the conservatory classes, and I really liked... Everything there, I just, I was like, oh, because I'm already, if I was going to a normal high school, I would already be there till that point in tech rehearsals, because I like to do theater and that kind of stuff. And so I would already be there till that point, and I was there until five, almost once or twice a week anyway. So I was like, you know what, might as well, like the time thing wasn't a big deal for me. The extra
0: three hours you would do with extracurricular anyway. Exactly.
3: Okay. So um, just that also, so that takes away like the time and then. Um, I would also like the classes there are significantly easier and they don't have homework because of that reason. Oh, it's a commuter school. So we all take the metro there. Oh, wow! So we take the train um, to and from because it's only like a seven minute walk from the school to get to the station. And so it's actually really close. And so a lot of us take the train and some of us like I have a friend who lives in Highland Park and Long Beach and it takes them an hour or two to get home. Wow. Adam Sandler's kids went there went or er, go there currently.
0: No kidding. Yeah. They're just <laughs> in a, they're just a movie. Didn't a movie just come out with his kids? Think they just came out of a movie. Yeah. yeah.
2: The girls are pretty.
0: Yeah. They're in all his movies. That's so funny. Um, I just can't imagine what you're going to do when you get out of there. What are your do you have any even plans or are you just taking it all in right now?
3: I, I have no idea. I think I definitely wanted to go into some type of sciencey field. Um, like stem yeah well maybe more like yeah exactly like stem or like environmental or just being out being able to be out um somewhere studying something i don't know i just don't want to be like in one place yeah um but other than that i'm not you want to be in the field yeah francis
0: wants to be in the field
3: (laughs) i'm not really sure what i want to do though but i'm only a soft plenty (laughs) of time
0: plenty of time that wasn't a you should have an answer that was if you have one i'm curious. Uh, I just think it's so interesting that I don't know many young people who are into cars at all, let alone to the extent that you both are. I'm so grateful to know both of you because I f- have a feeling I'm going to see tomorrow through your eyes instead of my own at this point, And I'm kind of
1: excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be cool. <laughs> 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 Where do you see yourself? Where are you going to be in five years? I mean, hopefully racing for a manufacturer. That's my dream, you know, be a paid driver to race professionally for manufacturer around the world. I and mean, that's the goal. That. That's the total goal.
0: So let's put it out there.
1: It's out there.
0: Done. I don't well, think it'll take five years. I hope so. I really don't. Uh, what about the Porsche, uh, youth and racing program that they just started? Is that anything you might be interested in?
1: Yeah. So the way driver manufacturer programs work is essentially depending on what series you race in there's scouts from manufacturers, there watching. So it's about being noticed at the right time. Porsche's junior program, what I've noticed is all the drivers they picked up are either from Porsche Carrera Cup or racing in the Cayman GT4s. Mm. So right now in Spec Miata, I'm kind of one, two levels below that. Okay. So they're not going to be scouting in Spec Miata necessarily. But yeah, it, it, it's all about being noticed at the right time. And so I know right now, like, I'm on the right trajectory. If I keep putting in the work, you know, we'll get oh, there. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Consistency, man. You've always been good about consistency. And there's so much to that.
1: that's the hardest part is like there's days where think you just look at the future like how in the world is it going to work out but for me i look at the past i'm like that'll be fine
0: yeah i think it's your perfectionism that might get in the way of the vision sometime absolutely i think that's normal yeah you'll i'm not worried about either of you i think
1: every ambitious person's (laughs) that way to be honest ambitious person yeah we're all like you know we're never satisfied but then we look at the big picture it's like we've done a really good job
0: as long as you're able to do that, that's you deserve that part. I know that's your parents do it all the, the time. the part
2: that people don't always get to. And that's so important. I'm glad you've found it.
0: <laughs> so you don't even care who you're racing for. You just want to be a
1: Yeah, pro exactly, level. whatever opportunity comes that way. Obviously, oh God, I've been for you. driving Porsche road cars for a long time. I'm racing a Mazda now. I love Mercedes-Benz. I, I love a bunch of cars, so I don't have, like, a particular favorite, So whatever opportunity is right, I'm ready for it.
0: It's kind of fun right now that you get the best of a lot of different worlds because that boxer mid-engine is its own thing that's so wonderful.
1: But front-engine, rear-wheel drive Miata is like the best driving car in the world. Well, and what's (laughs) interesting is everyone always says Porsches and Miatas are similar, and they drive completely differently. Couldn't be more different. Yeah, and there's a certain art to getting to know both cars. And what was cool was I had a weekend in March where I got to drive both cars on track, back-to-back days. And I was like, wow, these are different.
0: Um, did you do 911 in Miata by any chance? No. Because that's what the they Miata. often,
1: they often compare
0: the two. It's, it's, the, it's the rawness, I think, is the only thing they could possibly be talking about. And the lack of other stuff. Otherwise, there's nothing the I same. think
1: also it's the balance of the car. The Miata is a very front-biased car. You have the engine at the front, you have transmission at the front. It's 74% brake bias in the front. So mm-hmm. that means when you press the brake pedal, 74% of that force is going to the front brakes. So the front end of that car is the really, really, uh, I wouldn't say it's strong part because they have a natural undershoot tendency, but it's kind of the most important part of that car to get right. Yeah. Or Porsches, it's the rear of the car. The brake bias is more towards 60% to the front where most road cars are in the seventies mm-hmm. and then obviously, because of all the weight in the back engine in the back, transmission in the back. So it's a totally different experience.
0: Was the classic 911 michael dolphin's 911 was that the first 911 you've driven?
1: No. No. Okay. I've driven the newer ones. I've driven 992. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> driven I've driven 991 actually. I don't think I have.
0: But still, but you yeah. you've had plenty of 911 experience, just not the old classic. Not
1: a ton, but okay. I've driven a few. So.
0: Michael do. Dolphin's is set up so well that the ass really won't pass the front. But some of them that that aren't spec for racing and stuff, I mean those old F bodies, you, you can get squirrely real quick.
1: And I think that's kind of the cool part of it is like those cars were like, they're not designed to be race cars and everyone's like, Oh, it's a race car for the road. I think that's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's
0: a surfboard for the road.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think there's something cool to that though. The cars, a lot of body roll, you know, there's old transmissions. You've got to match rev match every gear mm-hmm. perfectly, mm-hmm. Or just double clutch you, if you can. Yeah. Or it just won't shift, you know, the way the steering is, the way the brakes are, there's a certain dance of those cars. That's kind of magical. And that's why I love watching vintage racing. You know, you look at Goodwood Revival, which was oh, last weekend. You look at, you know, the Monterey Historics, and it's like, there's a total art form to that. It's not lost today. It's just very different today. Yeah. So. Good grief.
0: How do you feel?
2: I'm up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so I know. You're doing
0: a great job. We're almost done. Um, I don't know what else we need to talk about. I feel like we've done the things we have to, but I don't, I'm not in a rush to say goodbye to either one of you. <laughs> so if there's anything else you guys want to bring up, let's do it. Do you have anything else?
1: I mean, fine with anything, you know, we're here to talk.
0: What about you?
3: Um, and this is just something I've like, kind of, when you guys were talking about like the generation driving, I'm the generation that's driving or <laughs> the people that are coming in. I've been like, talking to my friends. I think it's just, and I've also talked to people out of state and it's so much easier for them to get their licenses really? than the people oh, here.
2: Interesting. Um, Where?
3: Uh, I, I was talking to people from, like, the Midwest, and obviously because it, there's, like, not, you know, the 210 there. There's not up all these freeways and all these people in this big city. But um, they still have city sides. So anyways. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> there's, like, it's, I don't know. They can get their licenses at, like, 15 and a half, like their actual um, whatever... You need to drive legally, but um, and like here we have to have like the 30-hour course, and then you have to take the uh, like multiple tests. It's and a like little more like
2: there.
1: Well, yeah, because yeah. the kids are driving tractors, are like. I have seen to say exactly.
2: they have farms, of they have to work at.
0: It's an interesting thing, right? Because you are you're working at an early age on the farm, driving machinery, often manual transmission.
1: Yeah, it's so different to here. Mm.
0: Where else are you talking about? Where are they? What other states?
3: I don't know. That was just something that I had observed. And I think also, like, my, the people that I know, the people that go to my school, we also have, like, very, very, like, different from, like, the people, because that's, this is just from my perspective, the, um, we have very different, like, workloads, too. And, like, a lot of them, sometimes they'll be in tech until 10 at night. Mm. And so trying to complete a 30-hour course yeah, it's like, That's why there's no homework. You don't have time for it, Yeah, between the
0: commute and everything. Um, What, you're not driving yet, but what is it uh, that you, (laughs) like, I can't think of many people who buy a classic car for their first car and then I'm going to restore it and make a whole YouTube, like this is so much work just to get a first car out of. So I guess what I want to know is, What made you choose to jump into this? It can't just be that you were looking for some way to create content.
3: (laughs) Well, I've always wanted to, well, I wanted to know how cars worked. So that's also something um, I wanted to be able to have a first car and have an awesome first car at that. Um, So, you know, one step above, and, and then also, um, I've always wanted to be able to inspire other people, especially like kids younger than me, mm-hmm. that it's not just a world run by adults and that we can still, we can do stuff and you're not completely powerless. You might not be able to have everything that an adult might have, but you can get mentors and you can like meet people and work with other people together to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So and so best. I've always wanted to like show that through um, just what I do. And so I've been trying to kind of focus on that a little bit more because I have, you know, the restoration part of it and then, um, like, the restoration and conversion part of the car. There's the content part of the car, and then there's also the inspiration part of the car. And so those are, like, the three parts that I try and focus on. And so I haven't focused on... The inspiration as much but it's always cool like sometimes I'll be uh, I'll babysit kids and then they'll come to like a car show that I'm in and they're like because my car was invited to uh, like my local the local car shows in my town and so they'll be able to see this horrendous shell of a car but they'll still be like whoa that's so cool like you own this and it's always so cool to see it light up on their faces so I'm trying to work with the elementary school for their steam day and do like a little thing on circuits or something
0: this is the freaking coolest thing in the world. You, yeah. you started it out, and I was like, that's what Nickelodeon was when I was a kid. I know Nickelodeon's probably kind of a joke to you guys in your generation, but back in the day, there wasn't something like it. And when it broke out in the 80s or whatever, it was Canadian television, which made it a little bit different as well, because all the shows were a little weird. Why did, why, why? are they do, this comedy? I don't know if I get it. It's so interesting. And then it became, they did that Universal Studios thing, and we oh, kids come The whole point was that, you don't have to be an adult to change the world. You don't have to be an adult to make a difference. You don't have to be an adult to do something important. And um, and kids are doing that every day. So I just want to say that I salute you and I'm so on board. I'm so on board and I can't wait to follow along and, and just watch your journey the way we've watched Joey's. It's been really fun for us. Like, you know, I don't know, It's we don't have kids. We don't have, you know what I mean? We're, we live in this crazy little fantasy world here, this little Mr. Rogers playset, set. And, um, we have our friends come in and out, but when the youth comes in and you get to watch them and their trajectories, um, you get invested. And whether you want to or not, we're emotionally invested in him. Now we're emotionally invested in you. Um, If there's ever anything we can do for you, obviously coming on the show anytime you want, that's no problem. But like, if there's ever anything else we can do for you, just reach out and ask. That goes for you, but you already know that.
2: (laughs) It's so fun to see other people do cool stuff because we love TV. So we experienced everything that way, but they're actually doing it. Yeah. We
0: get to watch, you got your content instead of her old clients. We get to watch, (laughs) we get to watch friends content
2: and TV that we both watched.
1: Yep, It's good stuff. It's always fun to look back on the old era episode and see, you know, how I've changed over time as well. Do you feel that you have? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even watch my, older, my oldest YouTube sh- videos where I remember my first one was at the U.S. Grand Prix and I was talking to just a GoPro by itself. The audio was terrible. It sounded like it was <laughs> underwater, but I was like, man, I was really trying. 13-year-old me.
0: Yeah, you were ambitious from the start, man. You were ambitious from the start.
1: Yeah, I just dove head first. <laughs> I
0: mean, one it? of the first times we sort of worked together was when you hosted the festival, yeah. we hosted the festival right. of the speed thing. And then you did a bunch of interviews too.
1: Back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. And I called into the show and I was very confused. I was like, oh, you can't put an email in a FaceTime. And then I learned, oh, wait, you can. I, yeah, It was, was so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was so overwhelming that day, <laughs> but it was so cool.
0: That <laughs> was festival of speed, right? That was That's what it was. Yeah. PCA festival of speed.
2: The virtual one. Yeah. Say it again. The virtual yeah,
0: one. Yeah. We did the virtual one here. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a weird thing. It was such a weird thing. It must not be weird for you guys because it just is something that happened. For the rest of us, we had 30, 40 years under our belt and then that happened. So we were sort of had a precedent of that not happening. I feel yeah, like...
1: Yeah, and for me, that was like the first interviews I ever did as well. Really? Yeah. Really? First ones, yeah.
0: But you already had your own channel, so you were already talking to I was talking to the talking.
1: camera, but I didn't know how to like ask questions or anything. So mm. I remember I was doing the Patrick Long interview and I'm like, oh, this is famous guy. I was like, what in the world do I even ask him?
0: You did somebody else too, right?
1: Yeah, I did a few people. I did Patrick Long. I did Scott Mann. I did Jim Hemmig, Alex yeah. Hellyer. Yeah. I might have been a couple other people as well. Yeah. But like all those people were like really well established in the race world. And they have all this experience. And, you know, here I am some guy. Oh, I just started karting. That's...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but look at you now. So everybody's got to start someplace. Exactly. When did you start your channel?
3: Um, I started my channel, I think I was like nine years old maybe. And that's how... But I Is that them, like, five years ago? <sighs> <sighs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, I was looking back on the videos, cause I was looking through your channel cause I was trying to see how old your videos were. I was like, okay, okay, well, four years. And I was like, okay, let me, let me look at mine. And I was like, oh, I kept scrolling. I was like, oh, <laughs> it was like, I was like, they were starting to get bad. I was like, oh. I, don't, I remember these. These. Oh, so you have the
0: same experience where you, yeah, looking back on. Yeah, these, I'm like,
3: yeah. Whoa, 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 some of these were kind of weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can't um, watch any of them
0: though. I mean, I, I think that's common. I can't. I don't like. I don't like watching today's video, let alone one from
1: five years ago. Really? Even now, we're like the production quality is gotten so much better like i look back at my videos more and more
0: places, keep going yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, we got lights we got microphones we got how many cameras now i mean it's yeah no
0: that's all fun and neat but uh, this th- this is the part i don't like <laughs> this is the part that you just shut up every
1: time <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah or why didn't you have your thoughts together before you opened your mouth <laughs> you know that
1: comes up a lot i do that all the time i leave a place i'm like oh i should have said this
0: really on well, the, the opposite, I'm like, why did why did you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we learned, though. I, I learned a lot about myself doing one of these deals. We both have. Did, did did that help you with your growing experience in dealing with the world and people?
1: Absolutely. I mean, really? I think, the, I think that the only reason I actually got not just comfortable on camera, but, like, good talking on camera, was from editing my own videos. I'd have to hear myself ten times over, and I'd be like, oh, why did I say that word? Like, it doesn't make help. any sense. Yep. And it just, and if people say in video, they hate hearing their own voice. Mm. Well, when I was editing my own videos, I didn't have a choice. I had to get used to it. Now I'm fine with it. You are? Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm fine with it. But That's
2: a huge hurdle to overcome. I agree. Kudos.
1: agree. <laughs> my younger self, I don't like listening to. I don't like the way my younger self said certain words and presented himself. But today I'm like, yeah.
0: So wrong. I was going to ask you, what is it? what is it that you did or didn't like is it is it just certain words or is it behavior because for me it's like everything
1: i think i was always well behaved but i think it was like the way i held my posture you know if i was stuttering or putting in random words that didn't make sense or going on tangents that made no sense or forgetting to answer questions because i was like two questions to go oh i got this cool thought that came up yep so being in a show i guess you do have to be present otherwise the show doesn't go very well
0: Oh no, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's really more of an opinion type thing, I think. (laughs) Um, uh, Do you guys want to sit here? We were just going to tell everybody what it was like to go up to Angela's Crest the other day. I don't want to boot either of you out. Um, Do you mind if we uh, do that? Just tell the audience a little bit about Angela's Crest? I want to hear about it. So, um, you know, a year ago... Uh, after Breakfast Club, our friends Sonny and Raja passed away in a crash. Um, they were leaving Breakfast Club. We didn't even get to see them that day. As a matter of fact, um, we were coming up the hill and uh, got stopped by Caltrans. And it was a horrible situation. Um, then we all went up to Breakfast Club. You know, you finish, you go up there and then you're cut off from signal and civilization. And we knew what happened, but we didn't realize how word had gotten out and how that had made its way all around the Los Angeles and greater Los Angeles and broader um, uh, circles. And um, there was a lot of misconceptions, there was a lot of misinformation, there was a lot of misunderstandings about, you know, who was involved, what happened. Um, nobody was there. Nobody knows what happened. Uh, you know, they got in a car accident and they died. That's those are the only facts that we know. Um, there was a multiple investigations, private and, you know, the authorities, um, that decided that there was some sort of mechanical failure because there was red paint on the road with the skid marks that went off. It wasn't just, uh, a car went off the road. Um, the fact that the chassis was touching the road apparently identified some sort of an uh you know a failure of some of some sort um, in a weird way I consider that good news um, because oh something happened and whatever it wasn't uh, just simply somebody with their son in their car oh, overcooked it uh, and whoops um, it wasn't that type of thing at all so it was very very tragic on the day very very sad it was. One of those reminders where, holy shit, things get real very, very quickly. We all have to be very respectful of the crest, of each other, of the cars, of the uh, just respect of life, really. Um, And so it's been a year and um, some of Sonny's friends put together a little group that went up uh, uh, on Saturday, which was the actual anniversary and Sweet Sour. I made that video. Totally sweet, sour. Yeah. So great to see everybody, because Newcomb's has been closed, so we haven't seen a lot of these people. So great to be up there on that road in those trees.
2: I watched it back and I got all the feelings again. It's like sour sweet.
0: How did you feel physically being up there? Like just your.
2: It's life changing. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I've the minute we got there. I didn't realize how much I missed it until we got
0: there. Yeah, uh, so we went all the way up to Newcombs. We spent some time at the spot. Uh, yeah, everybody was just kind of congregated on the road where, it, um, you know, where they, where the crash happened and stuff. And um, the roads closed, so we were all literally just hanging out on the road. It was kind of neat, and um, it really f- showed the Angelus Crest community and the mountain family of it all. Um, we all sort of needed each other. It was great. But then we took a spin up to Newcombs to. Checking on the property there, checking on HQ. Um what I was taken with was how silent it was. I forgot the peace up there.
2: Yeah. I felt that too and I looked at trees as if I'd never seen them. And they were gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Well those trees take care of you. I mean those two trees literally hold your wheelchair in your normal I spot up there. Talk so funny. to them
2: every day.
0: Love it. Um, so the condition of the crest is this, um, it's going to be a while, it's going to be a while. They're doing great work on the, uh, the washout area, uh, the one that's further up, um, they've gotten the rebuild, uh, hillside has gotten very high. They put a drainage pipe in, uh, they're doing a lot of work, but there's still a long way to go. The slide a little bit further down, that's going to be a while, um, you know, we drove through that only a few months ago and we took video of it and that would be very very impossible now it's um, they've been working on other sections doing other things right now so they've sort of just left this to fall and accumulate so that they can then go uh, clear it again but everything we drove through is completely covered the wall on both sides is completely covered again Um, it's as it's as though there hasn't been any clearing
2: to the point where I was not sure where to go (laughs) so dark there.
0: Yeah. Um, So that's what's going on. It's going to be a while. It's definitely going to be a while, which is a bummer. Um, But they're working on it. Shout out to Caltrans District 7. Love those guys. Um, I miss it. I miss it. No new news on Newcombs. Um, It's currently the same, but um, that's all I'll say. (laughs) <laughs> there's a few things that might happen soon where we might have something to tell you but it's uh, nothing all that exciting I'm trying to think if there's anything else Sunny and Raja Memorial Angeles Crest Highway Current Oh yeah, viewer mail We now have a viewer mailbox lnpviewermail at gmail.com um, Anything you want If you've got uh, something you want to say about Nicole's hair, complimentary Great If you've got something you want to say about me that's more of a critique great uh <laughs> you've got suggestions for things you want to see on the show shoot them over if you've got something funny you want to say you think maybe your letter might be read on air you're right it might be read on air so do it is that it did we do everything it's hilarious how do we follow you guys that's that's the most important right now joey is the stiglet the stiglet and instagram
1: you... facebook youtube whatever everything is the ta- and tinker Engineering everywhere you
0: guys are so smart. Well, on Facebook I'm this, and on Twitter I'm this, and then on Instagram I'm this. Everything's the same. All right. So Stiglit, the Stiglit, and Tinkergineering, T-I-N-K-E-R-G-I-N-E-E-R-I-N-G. Did you look up the Vision Streetwear logo after I told you about that? Remember, I, I remember mentioning it to you at the uh, Sierra Madre thing. And I just want to show you what the hell I'm talking about, so you don't think I'm nuts. <laughs> When I was a kid, when we were kids, there was a shoe company, they kind of look like Converse or uh, probably more like Vans today. Here we go. All right, well, this is not the exact same logo, but you'll get the idea. Oh, it does look similar, yeah. It's not it by any means, but I was like,
3: oh, there's enough there. And there
0: was other variations that were closer to yours.
3: That is similar, huh?
0: Vision Streetwear, I'm dating myself. (laughs) This is like, what, 1990? Probably like 1990. In street work. Uh, let's see. So follow these guys. Check out their YouTube channel. I'm telling you, you are going to be um, impressed. Th- they were kids when they started these. They're young adults now, and they're killing it. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. We are back on Thursday with Dan Levy, comedian Dan Levy. Also, uh, I think he's a showrunner, too. I know he's a show producer and writer. Yes, now. That's he's a, he's awesome. A, I know he's a writer and producer. Anyway, Dan Leaves going to be here. He's a Porsche guy too. Has a 992. And, uh, he was up at Breakfast Club the other day and <laughs> I guess I did get to see him. He was like, great seeing you. And I was like, shit.
3: <laughs> I thought I missed you.
0: Um, and that's what's going on. So new life of old Nicole, right? Porsche Life 111. We're in the late night playset. set. Uh, our buddy Mike, who is not here tonight because there was some tef- technical difficulty. He's, he's the Letterman podcast with some great guests lately. Um, and that's what's going on. Anything else, you guys? I think that's it. Can I thank you very, very much for being here? Both of you I mean, like this came together so well. I'm so jazzed. I hope that you
1: both enjoyed it. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us.
3: Yeah, thank you for having us. This is awesome. Like this whole <laughs> so place. Like I was just like looking around, like viewing your videos, it looks so big and then I'm like <laughs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> People don't really get that. I mean it's like tiny. Teeny tiny. tiny. <laughs> well, thanks. And there's your dad over there. We gotta get him in. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> your dad shoots all your videos?
3: He does. He he's a cinematographer. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but
0: cinematographer?
3: Yeah. Really?
0: Like a like a six hundredth <laughs> cinematographer? Oh no shit. He's an industry guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's not he's he knows better than to talk on camera yeah. have to. He'd have to be paid. <laughs> Uh, it's an under five. Anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Uh, I think I told you right. Thursday's Dan Levy. And oh, no, hang on. There's a whole thing I've got to do now. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Late Night Playset. If you like the show, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'd also love to hear from you. So leave us a comment and tell us what you thought of tonight's episode. It really helps us grow our audience and reach more people like you. <laughs> I'm terrible at this <laughs> if you want to make a direct contribution donate to our website on ImmunityFoundation.org and, uh, and we love you we, do. we love you we love you we love everybody please love one another see you out there it's happening there